audience. And uh, I wanted to, uh, last time I spoke, I was like about a month ago, and uh, we prayed for a church here in town. And, um, and I, I have felt like we should do that again. And um, I had some good words come out of that, uh, some good comments from the church that we prayed for. They were excited about that. I asked the Lord this week, I said, Lord, and actually two weeks, I started working on two weeks ago. I asked the Lord, what church should we pray for? Besides us, we need prayer. Yeah. But I said, what church do we need to pray for this this week? And so I, I looked in the question phone and on Google, churches in Gadsden. And several churches popped up. And, uh, and then I began to ask the Lord out of all of those which one. And uh, so I called the church offices of the number that was available there. Uh, actually, one church that's not no longer there. And uh, apparently they didn't get prayer quick enough and because <laughs> they, they were not there now. And um, they're gone. And so I called another church and then another one and left messages and no one called me back. And I thought, well, I didn't explain on the message that I left with them. I think they wanted me to pay their, they thought maybe I wanted to get my power bill paid or something like that. So, or some groceries. And so I'm good with power bill and any groceries. So, uh, I got all that done. And uh, um, so I, I, one church, I, I typed it in again. This was like uh, one day this week. I had a, a moment. Another church, and, and one church, one of the two, much of them I called, one of the ones that kind of stood out. And when I typed it in, it, that one popped up. And so I said, God can use Google, and Siri, and all those things. He can, he, he works with, he can work in that group. He gave us the, the uh, intelligence to do that. And uh, he gave us the brain power to make all those things. And so why don't we cash in on it? So I did. And uh, I called this uh, one church again. And when I did, they, they, I left a message. Well, lo and behold, about an hour later, I got a call from the pastor. He said, my secretary wrote down their phone number with the 305 area code. He said, I've been calling somebody trying to get a hold of you. I said, well, I have a 205 area code. That'd be like a whole big, big deal, big deal. So I talked to him. I'm okay with all that. I just want to pray for you. And I said, I told him what we were doing. And I said, I feel like this is something we're supposed to do. And I said, the scripture talks about in James 5, talks about us praying for one another. One place it says in the scripture, that this is how people, average people will know that you are my, talking about us, are my disciples, that we love one another. And we act like we do by so I, one of the symbols, one of the signs, and so I told him that. He said, that's right. I said, is there anything that we can pray for you about? He said, the biggest thing that's our problem right now is our roof. And I said, okay, what's wrong with your roof? He 
can't fix that. I don't have the money to fund your roof. It's a big roof. I said, I don't have money to do that. But I can pray and ask the Lord to send you the money. And I can send you the people. The right price to get your roof repaired. Or replaced. And so we, uh, we talked all the time. We kind of know all the same people. And, uh, and I didn't know that. I didn't know him from Adam. But um, so I felt like today we're supposed to pray for this particular church. And I, I asked him, is there anything else? <laughs> a, a while back, I, I asked this question of um, question of, of one pastor. This has been about several years ago because I've been doing this a long time. So I, I said, can we pray about you for anything? This one pastor said, you can pray that my leadership will get saved. And he said, that would be helpful. <laughs> Uh, I said, well, okay. He said, maybe they get sanctified, the ones that are already saved. And I said, well, why don't we just pray, Holy Spirit, come and let God do what He wants to do with them. But anyway, this is this guy. I told him about that. He laughed. We had a good laugh a moment about that. I said, we're not going to pray for your leadership. We're going to pray for wisdom and know how to come up with money to pay for your roof repair. And while I was talking to him, all of a sudden. Let it pour out in your space. He said, oh, well, he said, I feel that. I said, well, well I did too because I wasn't even thinking about that. All of a sudden, I hear myself say these things. You know, so I think that, was, that worked out pretty good. So uh, we're going to pray for a church call. And I don't, before I tell you the name, don't get excited. They're a Pentecostal church. <laughs> don't, if I say the name, if you've had a bad experience in there, I am really sorry. Everywhere you go, no matter how many churches you visit or attend, somebody had a bad experience there. If you went to any of my churches that I pastored and Jan and I pastored over the years, you might run into somebody who had a bad experience. Because I can be, as nice as I am, I could be abrasive to some people who want to want to run the show when I'm saying I want Holy Spirit to run the show. I want him to be in charge. So we're going to pray for Tabernacle Church this morning and a pastor, Tommy Marshall. When I told him that, he said, would it be okay? I'm asking permission, you know, to pray. He said, would it be okay if we pray for y'all? I said, I think God would like nothing better than for y'all to pray for us. The same thing we're praying for you. So actually, Right about now, they're praying for us. Isn't that good? Pray one for another. That's in the book. B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I think that's a word. I think that's what we're supposed to do. So today we're going to pray for a church called Tabernacle. I visited there one time because somebody asked me to go there. I didn't, I didn't minister. I just was there. And uh, as, a, as a visitor, I was underwhelmed. I was not impressed. And uh, so I, But I went anyway. Because somebody invited me to go and hang out with them for a minute, and I did. 
But I do know that the Lord is in the house there. The scripture says where there's two people gathered together, two or three, or however many. And somewhere today in here, there's somewhere between three and 400 people in here today. And so, uh, three and 400, it's somewhere in between us in this room. <laughs> Not really. Anyway, we're, uh, we're going to uh, pray for uh, Tabernacle and Tommy Marshall as a pastor over there. And we're going to ask the Lord for that. Would it be okay if we do that? Yes. Now, if you want to stand, you can. But if you want, I know a lot of you have been sitting and you might want to stand and stretch a little bit because we're going to be here a little while. The, uh, I, I got, I, I just, I'm down, I downsized the message today to six pages instead of 17 of the original. So uh, it's going to take a minute. We're gonna, which, which way is Tabernacle from here? Anybody know? I have no direction. I, I get lost in the earth. The, uh, we're going to pray for this. Father, I just bless today. We, as your word, as you said, pray one for another. We pray for Tabernacle Church. And we pray for the Holy Spirit to pour out there again. And afresh as it did in the early days. Lord, that you would bless and encourage Pastor Tommy and his family and his leadership in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would visit that place again. Let it, let your, let it be, as your, as your word said, your prophetic people said, that you were going to revisit the old landmarks. And Lord, we just ask that you would revisit that landmark again, once again, like they did in the 70s. Pour your spirit out, Lord. And Lord, help them to find a place to, uh, the right contractor and the right price and the financing to, to fix their roof so that the, the physical roof will not, won't be leaking anymore. But Lord, that you would uh, let the Holy Spirit reign, reign in that place in Jesus' name. And Lord, can we have some of that here as also? We ask you, Lord, that you would fill this place with your presence afresh and anew as it did when it was in Southside in the house there. And when the upstairs, Lord, when you would, when you did in other places, when you met, we met the people across in the, the room next to here, Lord, that you would again fill this place with your presence and your power. In Jesus' name, encourage the ones that are leadership in this church in Jesus' name. And we bless them now in the name of the Lord and Tommy Marshall and the, and the Tabernacle Church in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen means so be it. Yes, Lord, be it done as you will. Amen. So, uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to try to uh, get into some word today. I'm going to be speaking today from, um, I didn't want to, I left my glasses. They're, they're, they're a, a long way from here. I knew I was going to be there. You gotta read them, yeah. Can I borrow? I'll find a stretch of mouth getting on my fat head. Okay. Are they sparkling? Oh, yeah. Oh, they don't have sparkles. Okay. Uh, turn to Isaiah. Does it make me look smarter? No, don't say it. Let me read it from Isaiah in just a minute. As soon as I can find my notes. I went to I went to a meeting one time. Paul Kane was there, the prophetic brother, and um, he's going to be with the Lord. But um, 
Paul was, uh, he, he got up to speak and he was like a long ways from his notes. He left him in a hotel across town. So he, he, uh, he got up and he, he said, uh, and uh, he said, I left my notes across town. It's too late to go get them now. And he said, but I'm just going to tell you what I remember about the notes. And he said, in the year that Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. He was high lifted up and his train filled the temple. And he said that about ten times, seven, eight times, a bunch of times. And the message, people were like, okay, what? They're like, next step. And he's like, what, what's the next page? So we never got there. And he said, Paul said, the guy back in the back over there named Kevin. <laughs> he didn't know Kevin. <laughs> he said, your name's Kevin. And you live at Red, it's this address, something probably he named off his guys. And this is what the Lord's going to do for you. And blah, blah, blah. And the place just went crazy, you know. It was powerful. I was just honored to be there. And at that moment, we didn't carry less than nothing. We don't carry I left my glasses. I'm going to read you one verse of scripture. And um, Isaiah 53 and verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripe, and by his stripes we're healed. And I want to break some of this text down for us today. You've probably heard this message from other people before I've not preached this message here or anywhere, not just like this. Because there's, there's some meaning in this particular verse that we need to get a hold of and that we need to get a grip on. The word wounded here is a word that means he was wounded, he was separates us from God. And so he was wounded for our transgressions. He was he paid for that. He was bruised. The word the word bruised means to broken into pieces. He was crushed. His skin and his flesh was beat up and ruined. Crushed, not just in the physical but mental and spiritual. Uh, he was uh, for our iniquities. And the word iniquities is a word that actually is like our twistedness. Iniquities is a word in one in one translation refers to our inability to stop sinning. It means we keep getting stuck in the same rut over and over again. He was bruised, he was beaten and bruised and ran through with a sword because of our iniquities, our inability to stop sinning. Our depraved actions and inability to stop sinning. For this reason, for this reason, often uh, if a pastor or a leader or a teacher names a sin, a person sometimes in the congregation will pack up and leave the congregation because they don't want to deal with their sin. They don't want to look at their sin. They don't want their sin to be called out as a sin. They want to 
so they get become offended because of a word's sake. And they leave the church and join a group so that they can have a sense of religion but hold on to their sin. That's an amen there. Or hold on to their perversion. Amen. There's a... Uh, also... Uh, this has to do, it also is tied to families, familiar spirits. People who have spirits that run through their family. I was pastoring a church in South Alabama. And uh, when I was helping with the ladies, they were doing a fundraiser and they were in the fellowship hall. And this is in the 80s, and I, I mid, late, late mid 80s. And so uh, I was helping them. I was there working. I looked out across the, out the street, out the, and the man was, there's a man walking down the street in front of the church, in front of the fellowship hall. And I watched him walk, and he didn't look like he was in walking, had walking capability. He was drunk. He was really tore up drunk. And so one of the ladies, I didn't know who the guy was, and one of the ladies said, look at that guy. Look at that guy. That's the town drunk. Something rose up in me and I couldn't stop it. I stuck my hand up on the window. I didn't get I couldn't even get out there. I wrote my stuck my hands on the window and said, Lord, I just asked that you would save the town drunk. And they were making fun of the man. His daddy was the town drunk. His daddy died, so now he's the town drunk. The same spirit that his dad had, he had. And so I prayed. For the Lord to save that man and him come to Christ and become a productive citizen in the church and the kingdom of God. Guess what? My people, my ladies, made fun of the man. I prayed for the man. The man got saved at the assembly of God down the street. He was like five blocks away. He got saved. The next week or so, he got saved. That day, I said, Lord, why? Why? Why did, why did you do that? Why did you let that, him get saved? I mean, we prayed for him to get saved. He said, because the, the girls there, the ladies there in the church, made fun of him. They had no, no compassion. He was a town drunk. His daddy was a town drunk. And we, they prayed over him and broke that off of him, and that no longer was part of his inheritance. That no longer was part of his lineage. His children didn't have to be a town drunk. His grandchildren didn't have to be the town drunk because something was broken. And what happened is this. When the, uh, he was bruised for our iniquities, the ability, to, he was bruised for the town drunk. Or the one who's trapped in drugs. We have... All of us have uh, people that we know, I'm sure, unless we live in a bubble, that we know somebody who is, is uh, addicted. The Lord has taken the stripes for our healing. He's taken the bruising for our inability to stop and our addictions. He also has, the, has given us the ability to walk free from addiction. He's already paid for that. Amen. 
You with me so far? I think when we are when we come to Christ, as as a result of that, the past failures is no more named. Am I perfect? No. I have messed up in my life. Bad. Real bad. And I have, but I have not any longer known by my failures. I, I, I had a bankruptcy. I was in bad shape. I have, I nearly lost my family in that process. I almost lost everything in that process. But I have not, I'm no longer known by my failures. They're not part of me. I have changed. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. The, 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 the things that Jesus did on Calvary, the stuff that he went through and the pain and the, the suffering that he went through was because not just for me, but it's for all of us. Amen. I want to tell you this. I, I, I made this here. On, I'll show you. Right here on the floor it says no. I want to tell you that Jesus <laughs> did not suffer broken, being beaten and whipped and die for our sins so we would be able to keep on sinning and, how, and, and see how close to Satan and Lucifer count that we can live. And the cloud that we can live and go and still go to heaven. Let me say it again. Jesus did not suffer broken, beaten, being beaten and, and whipped and die for our sins so that we would be able to keep on sinning and see how close to the enemy's camp that we can live. Yeah, that's right. Christ died so that we could be free from the entanglements that sin brings. I had this lady, uh, we were in the Coleman Church, and I had this lady came to her. She worked for the newspaper. And, uh, and so she came to do an ad. We just moved into a different building after about the third or fourth move and during that time. And so we moved into a building. She showed up, and she was sitting on the front row. I had, uh, when I got through the service, there was some visitors in the back, some people was over by the snack bar. I, I had a cool snack bar. Anyway, they had over in the back, they had all the people, and they visited around like probably 70 people there that day. And uh, so she said, I'm here with the newspaper, I'm, on the, I'm doing an article on you, can, I, can you talk to me? I said, okay, sure. I sat down, and, uh, and people were just milling around. And she said, they started talking to me, and I had no idea this lady was lesbian. There was nothing about her that looked like a lesbian. There was no haircut or outfit or jewelry or nothing. Just like a regular person that just worked for the newspaper. And uh, so she's talking to me. She's interviewing. And so she's writing, making notes all the time. She looked up at me and she said, can I come to your church? And when she said that, I had mentally had a picture of two ladies that walked, that came to our small group in Birmingham, and they were, they were in the lesbian lifestyle. I said, absolutely. I knew. And she said, you understand? I said, yes, I do. 
I got it. So she came to church the next Sunday, and the next Sunday, and the next Sunday, and weeks she came to church. I never preached on that. I never talked about it. I never called her out. I never said anything to her from the pulpit. I never made any innuendo or a comment about that. I just preached the word every Sunday. That's my job supposed to be. And so one Sunday she walked up to me and as, as church was over, there's another situation. She said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. She said, I won't laugh. And I said, okay. Um, we actually don't have membership yet. I said, we're, uh, so just don't come to church. You know, if you don't, if you don't laugh, don't come. You know, and she said, no, I, you don't understand. Pastor, I won't, I won't laugh. I understand I'm reading the Bible at home. And her and her partner had bought a nice mobile home. It was one of those kinds that had like a mobile, uh, the living room and the kitchen in the middle and a bedroom and a bathroom on this on both ends. And so he said, he said, I, 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 I won't have My partner and I are separated. She lived on one end of the house and I live on the other. I won't have And I said, go over there and see Dan. <laughs> I didn't want to pray about that. I, I put that off on her. So she went over and saw Dan, and they prayed for her. And, and the next thing you know, about and she came to church regularly. She just, I mean, she was like involved, praying for people. She went through the five steps and healing process. We, I look, we had to, she came to Christ, glorious, wonderful, godly. She was raised all of her life in the church. She went to the ABC church down the street. Uh, one of the main churches in the neighborhood. She went to that church. And they had kicked her out because she was a chosen. That way. What Jesus does is he loves us where we are. That's good news. That's good news for all of us. And I'm the kind of guy that I don't try to clean the fish before I catch them. I'm not a fisherman. I hate fishing. But I like my fishing is going to be at Red Lobster or something like that. But I don't try to clean the fish. Fish don't come in a nice wrapper. You have to go get them. You have to love them, bring them in. And yet, then, you, then God does the cleaning. So I did that. Not about uh, about uh, two months later, three months later, there was a, a lady. Very obvious that she was. Uh, um, she looked the part of the lady. She came to church to sit down. This one was sitting over here, and this one was sitting over here, and they both lived in the same house. And so she said, she she walked up to me at the church and said, this one told me, she said, her name was Belinda. And Belinda said, I'm a, I'm, uh, this person told me, person number one told, told me that number two was reading her Bible. said, I've been watching her. She's reading the Bible. I gave her one and she's reading it. I said, well, that's good. So she comes to church. She said, she comes up to the front. Church is over. Everybody, people leaving, same old thing. And uh, so it's like, she comes up, she says, crying. She said, I want out. I already knew what that was about. So I, I prayed with her. Some people gathered around her and prayed with her. We didn't try to do a bunch of hocus pocus. Just lay hands and ask the Lord to help. She prayed a prayer. 
And then the next thing you know, she was a, a, a solid member of the fellowship there. As long as we were there, she was there. And I don't know where they are now. I, I didn't keep up. We're not on Facebook friends. We don't know each other now. But we probably, that have to introduce, the first one, the second one probably has to introduce herself. Because she, she looked, she looked manly. And uh, then, she, but the last time I saw her, she didn't look too manly. She looked like a girl. And she loved the Lord. I had a, I had that same, the first one that came, she came to my church and told me I had my church with over with it. She said, when I was over at the big church down the street, she said, I was a children's pastor. And you know, if you ever pastor a small church, you know you need people. You need folks to help. She said, I don't want to be the pastor. I can't do that. She said, but I want to help the little kids cut out Things. I want to be the person who glues things together with the children. I want to help with the children's crafts and things. I said, sure, you got the job. I have one guy who's my bass player on the band. He's very biker type. And he says, he says, uh, I don't believe in all that. I, don't, I think you need to not let her be part of leadership. I, don't, I said, I didn't say she's a leadership. I said, she's going to help to cut out. Do the cut out. He said, you need to fire her. I said, I'll tell you what. His name was Pat. I said, Pat, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll fire her today. But next Sunday, you in there doing cutouts and, uh, and, and do gluing things together. And uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes I can be a harsh, and I can be, but I was I'm very kind about it. You can be cut out. You want to go, well, God didn't call me to do that. And I said, God called you to love people where they are. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what our sign up front said. We said, come as you are. You'll be loved. I saw that in Denver in a pastor's conference in Aurora. And I said, that's my motto. That's what I've always felt. I'm always going to believe that. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, Christ died for our sins, all of our sins, not just the certain ones, not just pick and choose sins. He died for every sin. That's what he did. So about, this is all when it was in the 90s. And about two months ago, I got a phone call, a strange number from Colorado. I said, well, you know, I got I get calls from every brick of what I do. So I hit the button and I said, yeah, what's up? And he said, this is Pat. He was crying on the other end. He said, I was wrong. Would you forgive me? I thought that was so cool. His stock rose way high. And I, and I, he met, got mad at me and left the church. Took his bass guitar and went, went on in his Harley and went on down to somewhere else, another church. And that was fine because we didn't have membership yet. So he went on to another church, but he called me, found me. Took a while to find me. He said, it took me a while to find you. I said, why can't you type my name in? It shows up, you know. And he said, uh, and you can, I can look up and find out where all you've been and what all you've done. Anyway, there are, um, he said, I found you. He said, I repent for my, my actions and my sin. Would you forgive me? I said, you have always forgiven me. I didn't say, see, I told you. I didn't give you that's the kind of a, that's the kind of God that we serve. Grace is good. John chapter 16, he says, but when the Holy Spirit is come, Jesus is speaking, 
He said he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And that's what our testimony program is for. Then he says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And the word chastisement peace has to do with the Chastisement of our peace was upon him. Jesus had a crown of thorns placed on his head. You know, I, I, I heard that, that was preached a long time ago. And, and I, when they, somebody said the crown of thorns, I thought, like, went out to the rose bush, got a little, some little things, and wove a thing, and stuck it on Jesus. No, these crowns, these thorns were like huge. They were like, they dug into the scalp. And, uh, and he says, uh, placed a crown of thorns on his head and that has to do with the mental. And this has to do with guilt from past sins. When Jesus forgives you of a sin, when he washes you clean, he changes your DNA in you, changes. Your spiritual DNA becomes something like, it comes him. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be white as snow because Jesus is in the house. This also has to do with the mental state, depression, and oppression. Now, let me tell you a quick story about depression. Uh, as a pastor, Monday is the, my the most most depressed day ever. On Mondays, Pastor Jim needs our prayers for him especially. On Monday, after I as a pastor, I preached my heart out on Sunday, and something for a while we had Sunday night, and I would do both services, and it was I'd get through church, I'd come at home on Monday morning. I didn't even want to get out of bed. I wanted to lay in bed with my head covered up. I wanted to. I beat myself up because I, well, I should have said that. Well, I said this, it sounded too harsh. I said that over there. I should have said, I should have made that part. But I didn't do it. I was second guess. It's like an armchair quarterback. It was like, I, want, I should have done that different. I came here one day uh, fighting depression so badly. I didn't even want to come to church. I wanted to hide. I came in, and one of the Muller girls, they just got back from California from the uh, Bethel Church over in California. I was sitting over there, Jan and I was sitting there, and I, I didn't even want to be here. I was just standing there. I worshipped, but I didn't. It was like, you know, I was like going through the motions. I wasn't really, there was nothing ticking in here to make it real worship. So I I was sitting back there and worshiping, and the people were praying around the front, and and um, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, "Go and let that girl pray for you." And I said, well, "I mean, she's just a kid, you know. It's like, I mean, they know that, that age group knows everything, you know." And, 
he's been somewhere, and you know, I didn't get to go, and I'm sad about that. I'm just giving God the what for, the reasons why I didn't want to do that. She's not ordained, and uh, so I, I thought, oh yeah, you're going to stay in the same state you're in now, and we wouldn't just keep sitting here, but if you want to get well, you can go up and let her pray for you. I'm going to say, yeah, I want to pray, and I said, I'll just reach around and grab her hand. I said, I'll take it right there. I said, now pray about depression. And she prayed for me, and I want you to know I have not been depressed again. That has the chastisement of our peace, which battles depression, oppression, where we are bombarded by evil thoughts constantly. The enemy wants to set people free from that. He wants us to walk free, walk in liberty like never before. That's what he wants. That's what Isaiah 53 and verse 5 is about. It's about healing, not just for the body physical pain and hurt and broken things, the things that don't work right. But it's also about mental and oppression and oppressive spirit. And pastors do get depressed. I'll tell you that now. I'm a full-time witness of that. We are a three-part being. You know, just God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, he created us into His image and into His likeness, Scripture says. He made us. And so he made us three parts. Am I got my time running out? Oh, we do. We do. I'm just going. I'm on page three. The uh, the uh, he made us in three parts. We're a, a, a body. The word body means soma. It's part the part, the handsome part that you see that's prematurely gray and, <laughs> and uh, slightly a couple pounds overweight. That's the part. That's part of me. It's not all of me. There's a part that's inside here that's called the pneuma. And the pneuma is the place where we get the word wind. It's the wind of the spirit. It's a pneumatic. It's like where we get pneumatic, like a pneumatic gun or a nail or whatever. And so it's a pneumatic. Pneuma is in here. It's the wind. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Remember uh, New Testament, uh, Acts 1, 2. That's what it's here. It says, and the, the, suddenly, uh, like a wind from heaven, like a mighty wind from heaven, and actually when the Holy Spirit was poured out, there was like a wind that blew. It's like the wind of the Spirit. It's a pneuma that blew inside us. He fills us with His Holy Spirit. And there's also the suke, and the word suke is the word where we get the word psychic from. A psycho, psycho. In some places, okay, psycho. But anyway, and that's where we get that from. Because we are a three-part being made in the image of God. And so, I, the, the, sometimes we have to work past that to get into here to see what, because this don't often hear what God's saying, but this will hear every time what God says. The pneuma will hear, because he's speaking all the time. Oftentimes, we're not listening because we're paying attention to what this says right here. What we're thinking, and not what he's saying. Do you have like this right here? It means that amen trying to come out. 
also in the in the word She wants to smell every blade of grass in Etowah County to find one place to put a poop on, you know. So one, one blade of grass, I'm like, this is it right here, the glorious one. She's like, da -da, there it is. So I finally got back to the house and I flopped down in the chair. And as soon as I sit down in the chair, I got her for treats first, got her a treat. I sit down, she's in her bed munching on her treat and the Lord speaks to me. And he says to me very clearly, he says, like one of the few times in my life that I hear his voice. Do not be afraid to ask me to heal all kinds of dementias and Alzheimer's. And I'm like, somebody's hiding in the pantry. You know? <laughs> my great man of faith has. I'm trying to figure out where, who's talking. I'm waiting to see if the radio little bows and not lit up. Nothing's going on. There's nobody talking. It's God. I said, okay, sure. And I just kind of blew it off. One week later, it was on a Saturday, one week later, exactly, almost to the hour, I'm walking the dog. God can speak. Get, me, get a dog. God will speak to you when you walk in the dog. If you have a cat, he won't speak to you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't believe I said that. The, uh, I just kind of, it's one of those things, it was here, not here. I'm walking the dog, and I get back up, and when I'm in the city, I'm, I'm always conscious of this trash. Because people, they'll just throw their bottles out on the ground. They don't care. That, that's where I live. I live, my yard is in the alley. So I'm walking down the alley, and I see a piece of paper, and I pick it up. And when I pick it up, remember, seven days later, almost exactly the same time. I pick up this piece of paper, it's sort of almost wadded up, and so I just usually pick it up and just toss it in the garbage can. I open it up, and there's an application to put somebody in the hospital for Alzheimer's and dementia. And now he's speaking to me, and then he's showing me on the paper. So I'm thinking, I mean, of course, about that time, every hair on my body, hair, hair, hair all, all is like, like this right here. It's like really freak, I'm freaked out. So I, I picked that paper up and I think, cool. Nobody's name's on it. It's not filled in. Somebody just tossed that piece of paper in my yard. Thank you very much. In, in my yard right by my garbage can. And I pick it up and I see, wow, I chunk it. I go back in and sit down. We're done with our trip. And I'm thinking, what about that Lord? Do you know he was wounded for our transgressions? He was bruised for our inability to stop sinning. The chastisement or our peace, 
our mental well-being was upon him. He took the stripes for our healing. It, the stripes he took for our healing. I want you to know I don't heal. I have never healed anybody. But I have prayed for some people that got well. John, John, John Wimber was, a, was a, one of the leaders in the vineyard when it first started, when it first broke ground. John was one of them. He prayed for like a, he said, I heard him say, like a thousand people before somebody got well. I prayed for a bunch of people that didn't get well. I prayed for one guy and he died a day later. I was in South Alabama and pastoring a church and a former member called me and said, please come and, please come and pray for George. I said, I mean, it's like six hours drive one way. And I said, okay, I'm coming. So I just hopped in the car and I took off up to North Alabama. And, and, then, uh, and so when I, I got there, and I, I walked in the hospital room. He was laying there and he, had, he would, wouldn't come to my church. But on Sunday morning, he would stand out in the yard of the church and listen to me preach. Every Sunday. If it, unless it was raining, some bad, bad weather, he would be out in the yard listening to me. And so he asked for me. I went to see him. He's laying there and he's nearly unconscious. And he says, I said, George, you know, I, I don't know what the outcome of all this is going to be. But you're gonna, I'm going to pray for you. They want me to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you because they asked me to. But I want to talk to you about the Lord and about your soul. And we talked about his soul and he started crying. The tear was running down his face. He said, I can't. I don't want to do that now. I said, yeah. He said, I remember what you said. I said, well, good, because I don't remember what I said. <laughs> that day, I don't know what it was that struck that chord, you know. But anyway, we walked. I walked in there and prayed with him. He gave his life to Christ and passed away. So I prayed for one guy and he died. I'm going to tell you, when we have a prayer line, we, oh, my shortest line would be me. You know, everybody else would have a long line, so I prayed for a guy and he died. My, my, my record ain't too good. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, God did it. I got one more page. I'm almost done. And by his stripes we are healed, he said. Uh, 1 Peter 2 and 24 says it. Uh, speaking of Christ, he says, Who in his body bore our sins on the tree, the cross, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness or right standing with God, by whose stripes we are now healed. It's sort of like a package deal I made a note of. It's, uh, it's forgiveness of sin. It's deliverance from bad habits. It's um, uh, healing for our mental well-being, depression, oppression, demonic attacks, bad dreams, bad nightmares. We get healed from all of those things. We can be a simple prayer fixes that. Physical healing, all paid for in this text that I read to you in the very beginning. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're made well. Isn't God good? Yea, God. 
think we're done. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, I covered all. Actually, I only had five. I was kidding. I only had five pages. And uh, but today, I feel like that the Lord um, has a has a plan for all of us. And uh, and our plan, the plan that He has for us, is to do good in our lives. He wants to heal us when we're broken. He wants to mend us in the areas that, uh, that need mending. All of us have something, perhaps. Maybe a few of us are totally well and totally healed of everything. Family, our family's all good. Everything's great. Uh, I can't say that. Everybody in my family is not yet a Christian. But when we have family gatherings, they kind of hear about that. I talk about it. Not all the time. I don't preach at it.